Welcome to the MindVine podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Leading us on this journey are the hosts of the MindVine podcast, Daryl Mathers and Chris Bovey. So welcome to the MindVine podcast. My name is Amber Smith. I'm honored to be today's guest host in recognition of International Women's Day. I'm joined today by two inspiring leaders from Ontario Shores. We have Andra Defwaskowski and Sanaz Riahi. Uh, Andra is our uh, geriatric program director, oversees pharmacy and our recovery, quality and patient experience department as well. Welcome, Andra. Thank you. We also have Sanaz, who is our VP of practice, uh, academics, and our chief nurse executive. Welcome, Sanaz. Thank you. I wanted to point out today that we are following uh, precautionary uh, restrictions today. We are safely spaced out. We also are wearing our procedure masks, purple, in honor of International Women's Day. So let's jump right in. Let's start. When I say it is International Women's Day, tell me what that means to you, Sanaz. Well, uh, thank you so much for even having me on the podcast. It's uh, it, it's really nice to be able to have the opportunity. And, you know, for me, uh, it, there's a personal meaning. I, I was born in Iran uh, with two other sisters. And so my parents personally chose to immigrate to Canada knowing they had three uh, girls who were most likely not going to have many opportunities in the country that we were born in, basically by our gender. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they, we came to Canada and, you know, we've really taken opportunities uh, to do the things that perhaps we wouldn't have had in my country of birth. And so for me, International uh, Women's Day really uh, is a point of reflection of the opportunities I've had growing up in Canada at, from age of eight um, and really getting to the point that I am today and the educations that have been available to me and the opportunities in the work environment that have been uh, available to me. And um, I say that uh, also not being naive to the fact that uh, there's still lots of progress that even in Canada we have to make. I mean, uh, I was just brushing up on my statistics on the United Nations around uh, women's progress. And certainly, you know, uh, they state that we're still 130 years away from having gender equality mm. around uh, having heads of government in the world. And so although we've made lots of progress, I think we still have lots of uh, areas of improvement. But uh, it is that point of reflection of knowing uh, that other areas in the world still there's lots of uh, greater inequalities for women and that I've really been privileged to mm. be where I am today. Great. Thank you. I'm enjoying getting to know you better too through this podcast. <laughs> Andra, what does International Women's Day mean to you? Um, for me, it's it's really uh, a call to action uh, for, for people around the globe um, to not only um, remember where we've come from in certain countries as women, um, but to the gap that still exists around the world uh, for women. Um, and so, you know, Sana shared her beautiful story and I I've, um, I've lived a privileged life um, growing up uh, being a white woman in Canada. Um, but, you know, within our country, disparity uh, exists for women um, and the, the privileges that we take for granted as Canadian women 
uh, are, are just a dream uh, for other women uh, in other countries. So uh, really it's, it's to uh, have this day uh, and to keep that movement going uh, so that we all have equal rights uh, across the world. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Andrew, it was interesting. You had just said um, that you're, you recognize how what you have experienced could be just a dream to other people. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about what it means to you both uh, to be a woman in a leadership role at Ontario Shores, which, to your point, could just be a type of dream to someone to, to have a leadership role at a, at a hospital, at a healthcare institution. What does that mean to you, um, Andra? Um, uh, It's a privilege to me. Leadership is a privilege, uh, certainly. Um, And uh, leadership comes with its own duties, uh, I feel. Uh, And certainly in um, being authentic um, and parking my ego uh, and building others up. Uh, And I think as a woman leader, we have to do that to other aspiring Mm -hmm. uh, women. Uh, And... um, lift each other up and also lift up those that need to be lifted higher, such Mm -hmm. as black, indigenous, uh, women of color, uh, women with disabilities. Um, It's our duty to to do that um, in leadership role. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's nice. I mean, certainly for me, uh, I'm really proud to be a leader, a woman leader in Ontario Shores. And, you know, it's an organization that I'm really proud of um, because recently, uh, I've had experiences of uh, growing my family and mm-hmm. have taken a maternity leave. And I think, you know, often women have to feel the need to, uh, uh, you know, prioritize career versus growing their family. And I hadn't had to feel that way in this organization and was able to take my maternity leave being in a senior leadership role without having to feel sense of guilt or sense of um, holding myself back or the organization back. And I think that uh, that has made me really proud of this organization and the uh, gender equality that we really place on our, our, our leaders. Uh, so it's it's been a very positive experience for me here. Hmm. Great. Thank you for sharing. Picked up on a couple of things you said there as you reflected upon your leadership roles at Ontario Shores, this concept as, as leaders, as women, to build one another up, to lift each other up, to lift others up. That idea, as soon as I heard you say, of uh, feeling supported to do the things that you want to do as a leader, as a woman, as a mother. So perhaps my, my next question is this. How can others contribute to that empowerment? How can others contribute more to to women's empowerment as we look to help one another? How can we also ask for help? What are some of those things that come to mind? Sanaz, would you like to start? Sure. (laughs) You know, I think uh, we're in the world now where uh, there's been lots of dialogue around equality, including gender equality. And I think that Uh, we as individuals all have responsibilities and accountability to really to advocate for uh, gender equality um, and equality all around. And I think that is uh, to not enable myths or, um, you know, taboos around uh, inequalities that exist specifically around gender, uh, as well as I think it's also important for us to uh, really 
advocate and uh, contribute to activities uh, and decision makings that really make those changes. And I know, like, for example, uh, we talk about pay equity or we talk about, you know, uh, more women in influential roles uh, in decision making roles. I think that uh, as we start in leadership roles, for example, uh, in our hiring practices, right, Mm -hmm. making an effort to really to look at the gender of uh, people that we are also uh, taking into consideration and uh, making uh, changes that is significantly needed in, in our country and around the world. Thank you. Andra, how do you see others contributing more to uh, women's empowerment? Um, I was thinking about this, and I, uh, I too, am a mother, so I was having uh, conversations with my, my son about this. And um, I, I think um, uh, we, have to, we have to be a role model. Um, we have to uh, raise our children uh, mm-hmm. to see uh, others e- as equals. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to foster that right from the beginning. Um, and, and I think a woman should be at every table where decisions are being made. Um, there are more women now in Canada, uh, uh, slightly, uh, than men. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think that uh, equality does take a push. Um, as Sanaz said, I mean, if we just let, let it go, it's going to be 130 years, which yeah. is another two lifetimes. Um, I think we have to take a push uh, and start, um, uh, you know, having uh, women in specific uh, mm. positions in order uh, for that change to happen more rapidly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So I was um, also preparing for today and came across this great quote from Malala Yousafzai. So we know her to be an advocate for women's rights, for equality, for uh, children's rights. She said this. Um, I raise up my voice, not so I can shout, but so that those without a voice can be heard. And so uh, we've been talking a little bit about women's stories that need to be heard and supported more. And I'm wondering from your perspective, are there stories that come to mind, women's stories that do need to be heard and supported more as we think about how we can start to empower women so we can start to educate our children on things like equality. Does anything come to mind? Sanaz. You know, uh, as, as I was reflecting on uh, this day, I think I was trying to think about all the different uh, women's stories. and But in more recent times, I think for me, that the stories that are the most important uh, to to uh, advocate for are uh, uh, stories of women of indige- indigenous background, mm-hmm. black or colored background, because I think as we all experience, including myself, that there is gender inequality, um, that we don't always have the easiest path path in life just because of our gender. Now layer that with the with minority groups, and I mm-hmm. think that their stories um, and their day to day lives are even more so difficult. I mean, I can just reflect on uh, the day I realized that when I was pregnant with my son, that I was having a son. One of my first thoughts was, I'm so glad because you're going to have a little bit of an easier life Mm. in this day and age. And, you know, it didn't feel it was very sad to have that reflection. But that's the reality. And I think, you know, really highlighting 
uh, that, you know, as a woman, and, you know, certainly I, uh, I've had privileges in my life, uh, but I know not, not every woman does, and those right. with minority backgrounds really have much more difficult times. And how do, we, uh, how do we have their stories more prominent in society where we can really appreciate that not only being a woman, it can be hard uh, in, your, in our journeys, uh, but also somewhat of minority. And how do we change that? And how do we change those stories? It's really by understanding those lived experiences mm-hmm. more and more on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Absolutely. Intra, thoughts on um, which women's stories need to be heard and supported more? So I'm loving this because Sanaz and I both prepared our answers um, individually, but they are so, so similar in every way. And I just love that. Um, it's amazing. Um, so so I, I, I agree. Uh, we need to give a voice to people who don't have a strong enough voice, um, 100%. Uh, and I also think that it is... Um, uh, very humbling uh, to realize uh, in women in North America where uh, they've come from uh, and that we couldn't vote uh, in the past. Uh, you know, there were no women doctors. Now, most of my colleagues as doctors are, are female. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not to forget where we've come from um, and never to let that slide, because I, I think that biases, uh, conscious or unconscious, can, can slip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can force things to slip back. So I, I think really it's not only about the fight uh, for those who don't have a voice um, in countries who are developing. Uh, it, it's for us to never take for granted the rights that we have mm-hmm. um, because nothing says that they're permanent. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. This has been a rich discussion. Thank you so much. So we've talked about that idea of equality, not just, not just meaning gender. And I appreciate how you've expanded the conversation today to include some other areas that we need to focus on when it does come to equality. Interesting though, um, my next question asks about what cha- challenges do women stereotypically face based on their gender? And I'm curious, have you come up against any challenges as a result of your gender? Uh, Andrea, do you want to start us off here? Um, yes. So I, I was, you know, again, I, I feel very privileged to have gone to university to uh, have, you know, achieved um, a professional healthcare role and then a leadership position. Um, so that part of my life, I feel I've accomplished my dreams in that way. Um, but, you know, challenges I would say that I have uh, um, gone through have been the internal challenges based on society. So uh, having to look a certain way, having to weigh a certain amount, mm. um, you know, having, having to change my appearance in a certain way and that constant struggle uh, um, that I faced and that I think other women and young girls still face uh, that in order for us to be, you know, worthy, uh, we have to look a certain way. Um, so that was absolutely a struggle that I had uh, growing up, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's you know prevalent in in North America uh, and in developed countries. Um, 
And that's something that I, you know, I have gone through. I, I think, you know, the struggle is certainly different uh, in other countries where, right. uh, you know, you know, legally uh, husbands can prevent their women, uh, their uh, their wives from working, uh, or you know, um, female genital mutilation still mm -hmm. happens mm -hmm. uh, in 31 economies um, around the world. But um, the struggle is is still there for women uh, in various forms. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Thank yeah. you. It's nice. Challenges do women stereotypically face based on gender? What's your experience? So I, I would want to speak a little bit about my most recent uh, experience uh, becoming a mother, uh, you know, and uh, being in a leadership role, uh, in an executive role. I think, interestingly, as I've mentioned before, you know, my heritage is uh, Persian. And so when I speak to family members as I was going through my pregnancy and my mat leave and speaking to my family members uh, who continue to live in the country, you know, their, their advice for me of, you know, now you have a child and therefore you must mm -hmm. let go of your career a little mm -hmm. bit because this is now your focus. And, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it's real that that uh, notion of you you must pick one or the other, mm. or therefore you're either not a good leader or not a good mother, mm. uh, because uh, you're choosing your career. And you know, uh, it that that dichotomy was quite real, where I had to really do a lot of reflection. I think as a new mother over the last uh, year or so, and uh, I think. Um, What's been really helpful is returning back to work and finding that, what I say, that beautiful balance where I'm becoming really comfortable in my skin to say, you know what, being a mother makes me a great leader mm -hmm. and being a leader makes me a great mother and I don't have to pick one and I'm not falling into the narrative mm -hmm. of, you know, if I, I, if I don't do something a certain way that is at society expecting me to be a mother uh, because I have a, a wonderful husband who co-parents with me 50% and it doesn't make me a less of a mother or a loving mother. Right. And so figuring that out has been a challenge and a struggle mm. over the last year and a half mm. uh, to figure it out, but I'm getting more and more comfortable. But I still face those challenges every day, hearing people's comments or, you know, uh, the size of my family. When am I having a next child? And if I decide that I'm, I don't want to have another child, I'm happy where I am. You know, there's a lot of judgment that comes with mm -hmm. that, uh, where you feel as a woman, you're not saying the right things. Mm -hmm. And so I, it, you know, we have to change the narrative on mm -hmm. women and mm -hmm. motherhood and mm -hmm. uh, kind of these. Um, expectations of you must have a spouse in order to be worthy of or you must mm -hmm. have a big family in order to be a worthy of a woman and mm -hmm. i think those are all really false narratives that we build and build expectations around women uh, i think it's you choose what makes you happy and mm -hmm. uh, what works for you uh, but i think those are the struggles that we still live in in this society in 2021. sure Thank you both for sharing so so candidly and being vulnerable with us today. It's it's um, it's really inspiring. Uh, you've both kind of touched on this a little bit. I, I'm curious to know if you have other examples. This concept of uh, women-related myths and taboos. Uh, what other ones do you think maybe we could address and uh, need to be broken? those myths and taboos that need to be broken about women. We've touched a little bit on them. Anything else that comes to mind out of curiosity? Andra? Yeah, for sure. Um, 
this notion that uh, somehow um, a woman's ability to be emotional and to feel um, is a weakness. Um, and uh, as a leader, I think that's probably my, my top strength um, because um, your whole role as a leader really is to bring people together uh, to achieve great things. Uh, and you have to be very, very cognizant of the room uh, and the people you're speaking with and you know, pick up emotional intelligence, pick up if, if someone has said something that's, you know, um, put somebody off in some way and, and try and mend that so that together you can collectively uh, move to achieve a goal. So um, it's not a weakness, yes. it's a strength. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Great example. So now, does anything else come to mind for you? I mean, certainly, I think and Andrea and I are very much on the same page, uh, you know, very much similar. This notion of vulnerability, right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that, uh, you know, w women who demonstrate vulnerability, especially in leadership roles as well, that that is a weakness. And I think that's a big taboo uh, because as any of us who are very familiar with the leadership literature know that really it's those types of emotions and uh, vulnerabilities that really can uh, make significant positive impacts in, in a leadership role. And I think to me, that was kind of that forefront of taboos that come to mind as we, yeah. we think about those. But I definitely agree with Andra on that. It's great. So tell me, um, where are you currently feeling empowered as a woman in your, in your own lived experience, whether that be in your professional life or your personal life? Where are you really feeling that empowerment lately? Sanaz, yeah. Well. I mean, I think I just touched on it a little bit earlier on, I, you know, in my recent experiences, uh, you know, juggling uh, being a new parent uh, and, uh, you know, with my career. And I think that's where I'm starting to feel really empowered is that I don't have to pick uh, one or the other, that I can actually be happy and successful in both um, without feeling like uh, one prioritizes over another. So I think that to me is uh, making me feel a bit more empowered as I mm. uh, find my way and navigate kind of through those struggles, uh, kind of in kind of society's expectations. Uh, and, and I think how I can contribute to this falsehood narrative that I'm in, it's very still raw to me around motherhood and one, <laughs> what one should be. I, you know, it makes me feel empowered to say to people, it's okay that you don't like the first six months of your infant. <laughs> like it's hard. You don't have to be all happy and loving about it, but yeah. it, you can be really be honest about it. And yeah. so that's my mission is to yeah. really break those narratives Good. and uh, encourage people to be honest about it. It's great. Yeah. Thank you. I can also see the way that social media might play into that too, right? Yes. We, we log into social oh media gosh. and what do we see is the yeah. bright, shiny, happy families. We don't see those moments where things aren't going well yeah. and you're losing your temper and you're losing your patience as a parent. Exactly. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Uh, Andra, um, where are you feeling empowered in your own lived experience as a woman? Um, so thank you for sharing that, Sanaz. <laughs> I, I, uh, so I feel exactly the same. And after having gone through motherhood, I, I would tell others the same because it, that was never communicated yeah. to me. Uh, I couldn't wait to come back to work. <laughs> um, and I still love yes. my children. Um, but for me, I would say uh, in my leadership journey, so I'm now in the fourth decade of my life. And um, 
you know, I, I, as each year uh, passes, I uh, become more empowered to just be authentic and be myself and speak my truth um, and be okay with that. And, um, you know, my leadership journey, it's always been, you know, when you go through school and university and your various degrees, it's always about achieving and what's the next thing. And I know I'm ready for the next challenge. But for me uh, now in, in embracing my authenticity, it's really what career speaks to my soul and drives my passion. Um, and that's being authentic, right? So that's not, it's not really chasing, um, you know, a title. It's, um, it's, it's working in, um, uh, in an organization like Ontario Shores, which does meaningful work for, um, you know, people who don't have a voice, uh, um, and, and finding, you know, satisfaction and success there. Uh, so it's really, I guess, just being authentic and true to myself, yeah. uh, loving myself for who I am and, you know, whatever weight I am, uh, and, uh, and, you know, following my true passions in my career. Great. Yeah. Thank you. One last question for you. <laughs> How do you feel you can contribute your wisdom, expertise, or ideas to empower other women or other women? And maybe do you feel a sense of responsibility to do so as leaders in the organization? Would welcome your thoughts on that. I'll start with you, Sanaz. Sure. Uh, so, you know, I've had the privilege of having an amazing mentor in my life, uh, Barb Milden, who I uh, used to uh, be our previous chief nurse here. And so I've learned so much from her and she has empowered me uh, as a woman. And I, uh, and it taught me the true sense of uh, mentorship. So that's been, uh, for me, uh, one way to empower other women is through mentoring other women uh, who either just want some advice or just understand my journey or share their journeys and help me with uh, help me navigate uh, some of their areas of questions. And so that's been a, a sense of satisfaction for me to be able to really help mentor other women and empower them. And I think, uh, you know, certainly accolades go to Barb Milden, who has, and I, many of you know her, uh, it just embodies that uh, empowered woman and mentoring others and empowering others and letting them span their wings. And I really am trying to give back the way she gave to mm -hmm. me. And so that to me has been the way I'm trying to give back. Great. Thank you. Andra, how do you feel you could contribute wisdom, expertise, and ideas to empower other women? Um, so I too thought about my mentors um, and, um, you know, I've been really lucky to have like really strong uh, women uh, in my family uh, who have, um, uh, have been mentors to me. Um, and I certainly try to do that uh, in, in my um, in my personal life with, you know, new mothers or, uh, um, so my, um, my sister-in-law. So, you know, helping her through having two young children who need her all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, other young women in my family who have great careers ahead of them and, uh, uh mentoring them to be authentic and true mm -hmm. to themselves. Like my mother or my aunt would have done to me. Um, but professionally, uh, 
um, you know, I've had two really strong, they're both women, uh, mentors in my life. And um, so one of them is uh, Lorraine Sundstrom Mann, who's had a, a very big career in nursing um, throughout the GTA and uh, in Durham region, um, uh, who's been my mentor for over a decade now. And really, um, that's it's my duty to do that to others mm. now uh, because I've learned from her kindness. Um, uh, and and so I, I do have uh, several individuals that I meet with and we just chat about things. Um, and another way to do that, I think, as leaders, and I know Sanaz teaches as well, uh, is is to teach at the university and mm. um, and then to you know invite students to have coffee, virtual coffee now, but to have <laughs> coffee with you and have conversations because that, that can be a huge turning point in someone's life is just, um, empowering them to think that they could achieve their dreams. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Great. Well, thank you both so much for your time today, for sharing so authentically. And it's been very inspirational. Good to get to know you better, who you are. And thank you so much for your leadership here at Ontario Shores and the way that you are giving back and mentoring others. And, uh, most importantly, thank you for contributing to our conversation on International Women's Day. We appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank so you. Much.